And hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and across from me, as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And this is, as I said before, Observe and Report, the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. And here we are. It's summertime. It's some, some, summertime. Things are getting cooking. Ugh. And you know what Gross. that means? Back to the movie. Maybe. I don't know. People go back to the movies sometimes. <laughs> Not all people going back to the movies. Um, I'm going to be going for the first time, hopefully tomorrow. I went for the first time on Memorial Day. It was an experience. Oh, no. It was not like a bad experience. It was oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, this is surprisingly uh, comfortable. It's like a comfortable pair of shoes I haven't put on in a while. Like, nice. yeah, I know how to do this. I know how to sit down and be entertained <laughs> in a space with strangers, like eight other strangers at 1 p.m. <laughs> the safest time to go to a movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going at like five on a Friday. So, but it's also like, I don't know, maybe people get out of work early. I'm hoping to avoid mm. too many people. You know what? I don't know when things come out anymore, when things premiere. Um, I don't know what box office do. And you know what? Maybe that's for the better. Yeah. Maybe it's just, you know, see the things you want to see so you're not, like, rapidly anticipating things. And maybe the amount of money things make don't matter. But they do, sadly. Yeah, we still live in a capitalist economy. So. This is America. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but what did you see? Um, I saw a bunch. I, would, I will get to the movie uh, that I saw later. The Cinema Experience? The Cinema experience of that I've, the first one I've had in a year and a half mm. um, but I'll talk first about an event um, an event that I uh, participated me and oh. my girlfriend oh. and we, we did we had a little thing called Jolie Day 2022 <laughs> <laughs> where we watched several Angelina Jolie films Listen, in the course of a day <laughs> can you go terribly wrong with any of them Yes. Oh, okay. But for the most part, I can, no. o- I can only think of a couple off the top of my head, to be honest with you. I feel like she was more famous just for looking how she does than her actual films. But her films overall are not bad. I don't and have a problem. Are generally good. Yeah. Generally entertaining. All right. What did we get into? Uh, I'll, I'll go over a few quickly. Don't need to go like too in depth on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that I watched um, that is I enjoyed it a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see, like, you know, many years after the fact again. And I think I've talked about it briefly in the show before. Uh, Hackers um, from 1995, uh, starring Angelina Jolie, Johnny Lee Miller. Those yeah. two got married yes, they from did. this movie. Why did I just, I'm taking notes. Why did I write 1995? Like, that's an important note. <laughs> what a testy later. You're that's dummy. why. Oh, God. Um, Ugh, mm, Johnny Lee Miller. So handsome. <laughs> Sherlock himself. Ugh, those vests. Um, Fisher Stevens, uh, Lorraine Bracco. Mm. Matthew Lillard and Mark Anthony. What? <laughs> yes. Mark Anthony, the vampire king himself. I was going to say those cheekbones. <laughs> you mean those bones? <laughs> <laughs> All them bones? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Wendell Pierce as well. Uh, I know that name. From The Wire as Bunk. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it's, fu- it's, fu- it's a fun movie. Um, it is like realistic cyberpunk like the way they paint hackers are like you know these people who are extremely hip extremely intelligent they dress weird you know they listen to weird techno music you know yeah they they do they experience the internet with goggles oh weird spiky leather jackets i mean i wear blue light filtered glasses is that the same (laughs) exactly the same (laughs) consider yourself a hacker jacks let me ask you something Mm -hmm. um 
So, because this was probably more toward the beginning of computers being really what was. we think of them. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, one of the first, if not the first depiction of um, hackers in and of themselves. So, the trope of there being multiple computers. We're, we're at a desk. Mm-hmm. We're in a rolly chair. We have to spin and push ourselves off the table from one computer to the other, type in something quickly, and then roll ourselves back. Mm-hmm. Are we doing this? A little bit, and a little, yes, and a little bit, no. Oh. Um, they kind of depict it from both ends. Like, the the hackers, a team of hackers that we see, you know, comprised of Johnny Miller and Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. and a few others, um, they are depicted as like you know they're just working off their laptops that they have at home gotcha. and their home desktop computers and what were the laptops approximately 150 pounds they looked relatively normal really it wasn't insane they weren't super thin mm. but like it was just very funny to hear them like run down the specs of a computer like it has like like you know uh a 520 uh you know megabits of ram like that's not, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't even think it said 520 that's probably too much for that time. i can put four songs on this computer <laughs> whoa can i tell you though and this is not a complaint because i was so fortunate but when i went to college uh, you had to. You pretty much had to get a laptop when we went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like I just spent a lot of time in the computer lab, but um, my father, I think, managed to track down the heaviest laptop <laughs> known to mankind. This thing, when closed, was legitimately like Phone three thick. inches, three inches thick. Like it was so <laughs> fucking big, and I don't think he realized. Like, cause he's a man with his man strength and I was an 18 year old girl and I was just like this is so heavy on my 18 year old girl back this has just become essentially a laptop no a desktop that I can fold yes (laughs) it was awful but I mean it was like 2005 every computer was thick and heavy and weird it it dwarfed every other laptop I saw (laughs) it was remember the make it was a big fat Dell something. Dude, gotta get it. It was just it could sink a ship. <laughs> I well, it was insane. <laughs> the Godzilla of laptops. It was. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, continue on. Um but I mean, I don't know. As far as like depiction of these guys, of these hackers. What is the plot? So the plot of the movie is um these this group of it is very karate kid. New kid in town. Ah yes. uh, shows up. And he, you know, crosses the elite hackers at his high school <laughs> um, and eventually befriends them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're being framed for committing this uh, computer crime, essentially. Uh, Classic computer crime. That is being set up by Fisher Stevens to frame them, who himself is a hacker, but on the bad side of things. Um, but yeah, it's it's the depiction of the, of the hackers is very... Uh, multicultural like multicultural uh nice. pansexual like it's very much progressive insofar yeah. the view of these people that's cool like these people like live on the edge of the counterculture but like <laughs> this is really what the culture has become today as far as like people in general yeah so it was like oh well, that's the culture that was already there always there we just didn't know yeah yeah um, yeah, so it was like, okay, this set's pretty cool. Nice. But overall, it's a fun time. Um, it's always fun to watch, like, you know, ridiculous depictions of, like, hacking, typing super fast on a computer. Is it the black screen with the green font? No, it is, like, psychedelic colors. And, oh. like, this very, very unique depiction of, like, the fake 
quote unquote internet yeah. like you know blocks of data like in the shape of like buildings basically like it's <laughs> they very much tried to visualize what the internet was or what it could look I like. I mean, that's fair enough because if people don't know and you need to keep it interesting, yeah, it makes like, sense. Yeah, if you have no context of a computer or like, you know, what a computer accesses, mm. and this is 1995 when computers are really starting to like really proliferate in homes, yeah, this is, you know, a good way to introduce these concepts to people with like physical, tangible things. Nice. Um, but yeah, Jolie, pretty great in it. You know, um, How, not, were they? They must have been in like the, what their twenties, early twenties. Angelina Jolie might have been like nineteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> like she's only forty-five now. She is. It's I just ridiculous. feel like she's been around for such a long you time. Think she's so much older, and she's not. It's yeah. crazy. Because it's not like she looks old. It's just that she's. You've heard her name since fucking forever. She's been acting since like ninety-three or something like that. She's just been around for ninety-three. Doesn't seem like it's that far away, Jason. But it is. But it is. Oh, twenty eight years ago. <laughs> okay, cool. What else was on Angelina on, Jolie on Day? Jolie Day. Um, we also went ahead and w- watched a little bit of Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, from two thousand five. Um, oh, the big things to note about that is this is the p- peak Brangelina, also the oh, start yeah. of Brangelina. Yes. Um, also, it's astounding how much um, Brad Pitt aged in like the matter of like eight to ten years. Because in two, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he's looking like Brad Pitt. By the time you get to like World War Z, it's like, you've given me hints of David Spade. What's happening with your ear? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Excuse me, sir? I kind of need you to back up. You are, how dare you? Maybe I've crossed the line here. On behalf of his hair, how dare you, sir? Maybe I don't like it long. Maybe I just don't like it long. I will, I, see, I don't like it short. Ooh, we are at odds here. Well, there goes this podcast. <laughs> so this is the last episode. I mean, um, who would have thought? We often differ on hair, considering <laughs> how much I am in support of John Cena's the presence of his hair. It's too and much. It is not. <laughs> Give me a military cut, Cena. I mean, how any day. dare you put a crew cut on almost anyone? Oh, it rarely is like, oh yeah, that's the look to go for. But some people have heads that are too big for the hair that's on them. Cena's no, one of them. No, you just have to style it properly <laughs> god jason think outside the box <laughs> you choose listener <laughs> we were just talking about how before um off mic if you will about how some people state their opinions like facts and how i don't like it <laughs> however in this moment you sir are wrong <laughs> you are painfully incorrect he looks great with hair you know what john don't change a thing. We have an easy medium here. What's a what's a shortcut but also long hair? Mullets. Oh, All right, God. throw a mullet on both of those boys. <laughs> here we go. Brad would still look good. He would look good with a mullet. Son of a bitch. I know. And you know what? Aged Brad Pitt. It looks like someone just put him out in the sun for like two years. He got real leathery, didn't he? Yeah. Interesting. I think I feel like he smoked cigarettes, and I don't think that helped. Um, <laughs> someone should tell him that they're not great for it. Um, but uh, I'll take it. Still looks good. <laughs> Dang. Um, also from Mr. And Mrs. Smith, Vince Vaughn's super annoying in it. I don't know why he's there. It's just odd. I forgot that he was in that movie. Yeah, basic premise: Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Um, Brand, Brad and Angie are a married couple living together in suburbia, but they don't realize the other is a spy working for a rival organization. What? OMG. And now they have to kill each other. 
or do mm. they? Or does love prevail? It it, it does. It it does prevail. <laughs> um, uh, watch Salt. Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. It's super fun. Um, incredibly fun. Uh, we've got Angie. We've got Leah Shriver. Uh, we've got uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor. Uh, we've got Andre Brower and Corey Stoll. All right, I'm going to have to rewatch this movie. It's very reminiscent of uh, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier. No shit. Um, similar premise of like, hey, is this person a sleeper agent? Oh. Are they being controlled by like, you know, uh, a, f- a foreign power mm. um, with abilities far beyond what anyone thought they ha- had capable of them? Mm. Um, weird similarities in like just a, a few years apart, but like okay. definitely like feels like parallel thoughts happening there at some point. I always get salt mixed up with that movie she did with um, James McAvoy. Oh, Wanted? Yeah. Nah, that's fair. They give me the same vibes. Mm-hmm. Very action-y, and both, like, similar time periods they came yeah. out in. Yeah, yeah, She was going through, like, a action period, and I was here she for She was it. an action lady for a little bit there, yeah, yeah. All 85 pounds of her. <laughs> it ends on a big cliffhanger, and there will never, ever be a sequel Aww, to this movie, man. which is disappointing, because it's rather entertaining. Hmm, okay. Um, and the last thing I watched to cap off a good Jolie day, um, rather to ca- and to cap off the end of uh, Brad and Angie, was uh, By the Sea. Um, oh, written... I was hoping you were going to say The Bone Collector. <laughs> that is a good one. Damn. I've seen that movie that. too many times. I've seen it at least four times. That's too many times to see The Bone Collector. It was... It's a very dark movie. I would say it was always on as a kid. <laughs> it was. It was on, I feel like it was on like TNT or something a lot. It was on very often. And um, it is deeply disturbing. It's very... And also very difficult to see in a lot of scenes. I, I just remember being like a good like mystery thriller yeah (laughs) i can see so much there are so few movies jason that i can recall i can recall much of the bone collector which is not helpful a person's face gets steamed (laughs) off someone gets eaten by rats it's terrible i feel like if you were on stand for like you know as a witness to like a, a trial you would just dip into scenes of the bone collector when you couldn't recall exactly what happened. Uh, and then this guy, Denzel, they'd be like, excuse me, ma'am? Like, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> Turns out it was this other guy. <laughs> ma'am, you're talking about a different thing. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sure this is how it happened. You just sure. need, we brought you here because you need to pay this parking ticket. <laughs> Focus. Okay. <laughs> If you want me, I don't know. Then she got this kid to take pictures of the camera, you see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, By the Sea, uh, written and directed by Angelina Jolie. Uh, the first oh. time she, and last time, she went by... That's right. By Angelina Jolie Pitt. Because they went and did uh, interviews being like, no, we're good. Our marriage is good. And then like six months later, they're like, JK, we're getting divorced. Yeah, that movie was all about a marriage falling apart. It's like such a downer, this movie, especially with like the real life consequences of it. Yeah. Like, I don't think it made any money. No. It was just a weird art film that feels a little self-indulgent. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, the basic premise is uh, Brad Pitt is a writer who's Mm -hmm. uh, vacationing in the south of France with his wife Mm -hmm. to kind of do research for a book he's working on. They never tell you like what kind of writer is what research he's doing exactly It'd be hilarious if he was like nicholas sparks <laughs> or rl stein yeah. this, is, <laughs> this is a goosebumps origin story <laughs> 
as someone who has met R.L. Stein, boy, would he be flattered by Brad Pitt <laughs> playing him. Oh, man. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, he, he's a writer uh, in the south of France, um, Angelina Jolie's wife, who's suffering from something. They never say what exactly. She, she seems to have had some kind of uh, mental break. Okay. And she's also recovering Okay. While he is working on this book, and he is also a serious alcoholic as well. Oh no! They've both got like t- some this real. This all tough feels shit. way too close to home. Real for heavy them. that they're yeah. working on, and uh, there's a couple that's staying next to them, and they realize there's a hole in the wall that they can see into the couple's room, and oh. they become these weird voyeurs, and like they kind of rekindle their own relationship through like watching this other couple like it like have sex and like have do it, it. In their relationship and do it <laughs> i thought that's what you were gonna say just, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh okay like, you know do it <laughs> um no as like they like, just are voyeurs like looking yeah. at this couple and it weirdly like rekindles their own relationship it's a very odd movie mm-hmm. and you definitely feel like y'all are working something out on screen and this yeah. is weird for me to have to see but whatever mm-hmm. um yeah it's very pretty um, the makes you want to go. Like, man, south of France, I'd love to go there. Like, it's very beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, sure. But ultimately, like, it's a it's a weird one. It's good. It's overall fine. It's fine. Um, it seems like it would honestly. Its biggest sin would be just kind of being boring. It's just boring. That's yeah. it. That's its biggest sin. It's like well made. It's just mm. boring. Yeah. That's all. That was Jolie Day, twenty twenty one. I still think you really missed out by not watching Bone Collector. That's for Jolie Day 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, I watched Army of the Dead. Did you? I also watched Army of the Dead. Let's talk about it. What do you you think? My Florida husband, Dave Bautista. He's only my husband when I'm in Florida. <laughs> um, uh, I just imagine him waiting there on like a balcony wistfully for your return. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like a wife waiting for her sailor husband to return <laughs> yes, from the sea. On yeah. a widow's walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's wearing a scarf and it blows off in the wind. <laughs> out onto the ocean. No. Um, <laughs> his sun tattoo around his belly button just gleaming <laughs> in the Tampa sun. Um... Yes. So, I mean, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and if and I was looking for a zombie movie and it ticked that box and I was like, "Fine. Okay. Next." <laughs> it was good. It was it, fine. I feel like, you know, Zach is in his wheelhouse. He's having a good time. I feel like he was having a good time. He was happy. The people making it were happy. Great. He can be as grim and as ridiculous as he wants to be. Yep. And it feels just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some... Oh, the plot is uh, there is a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. They managed to um, put up some walls, so it's enclosed. But there's a bunch of money in a casino, and so this mysterious guy hires... Uh, Dave Bautista, who then gets his own crew together to get a bunch of money out of there. Um, the best part is Tig Notaro. Um, my little baby Tig. Um, and, like, they did a great job with the green screen and stuff, because she, I, if it wasn't for me knowing that, if I never would have noticed. Me, I would not have noticed. No. Like, it's an amazing feat what they did, because yeah. they replaced um, Chris D'Elia mm-hmm. with Tig Notaro. Mm-hmm. Virtually every scene that Chris D'Elia was in, Tig Notaro, they mm-hmm. replaced him with. Yes. Um, and it's 
almost seamless. Seamless, yeah. <laughs> like the look of the movie where like, you know, consistently things are like out of focus in the background. Yeah, I wasn't and a huge the fan of that. But it worked to their advantage because they were able to, like, to just fit her in. It looked seamless. I wasn't sure if they did that, if they went into it wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Or they were like, ooh, this would be helpful to have her like this. So we're going to do this throughout the movie, peppered throughout, mm-hmm. to make it look intentional. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I guess it's generally how like Zack Snyder's things look. Yeah. I mean, I've heard him talk about it and he said it was. So like, mm-hmm. fine. Um but uh, I really liked my other two faves were Matthias Schweighofer. Ah, yes. And Omari Hardwick. Their relationship was very well done. I the wanted movie. just a side movie with them. Like, yeah, I would. Well, you might get it. Um, really? So this is the first of like you know a yes, franchise. There's going to be a movie with Matthias. Mm-hmm. I was very excited because I found both these men very attractive, Jason. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're very different, but certainly I can understand. They are. But let me tell you something. You can't hide those broad board, broad shoulders of Matthias in that t-shirt. <laughs> I see that. I see how incredibly in shape he is. Mm-hmm. Don't play, Zach. <laughs> look, look at those shoulders. Come on. Good God. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Like, um, yeah, I, th- I think overall it was really enjoyable. I like the cast a bunch. Me too. I love seeing Garrett Dillahunt show up in things. Um, he was the, uh, the, the, I guess the villainous assistant of the mysterious businessman. Yes. That hires them. He always pops up and stuff. And it's always like, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm never solid. disappointed to see him. No. Um, yeah, I mean, they were plot holes, but like, whatever. We're in a yeah. zombie apocalypse movie. Who cares? You're just going with it. Yeah, yeah, it's very. This is very much a movie of just go with yep. it. Um, the montage of the opening was really well done, and felt like very appropriate for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like a little callback to like his uh, his Dawn of the Dead with like Richard Cheese singing uh, "Viva Las Vegas" as he did in uh, "Down with the Sickness" in Dawn of the Dead in two thousand four. I don't know if I've seen Dawn of the Dead, to be totally honest it's, with you. It's worth a look if you have not seen it before, if you were looking for another zombie thing to do. Mm. Um, yeah, like, yeah, overall, uh, Army of the Dead, pretty solid overall. If you're looking for fast zombies in a, in a world where we are zombied out. <laughs> um, I think it's, oh, it's pretty solid. Oh, I have solid. seen Dawn of the Dead because they were at the mall. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, like, um, yeah, more things in the future for this. Another set of movies um oh, a whole set um at, le- at least two and of course an animated series oh my god about the things that happened before uh or like during the first outbreak of zombies okay so like the little montage you saw at the beginning like that will be further explored interesting yeah i i am cautiously optimistic yeah i, I I'll watch it. Let's not pretend. <laughs> it has zombie stuff, so I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't have super high hopes. But it seems just entertaining. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like, oh my God, what's I run about this? It's like, ah, this is- oh, sweet, another Zack Snyder <laughs> film? Because <laughs> that's oh. how you have to say it. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> what do you do say it? This is going to be dope. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm- it's fine. <laughs> what else you got? Um, I watched season two of Shrill. I'm I'm slowly catching up. To that's get to one of those three. that's on my list, but I haven't. 
I was going to say fulfilled it like a goddamn quest. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I haven't. Uh, I've only watched like the first episode or two. Um, it's just it's very enjoyable. I really enjoyed the show a bunch. Um, of course, uh, you know, A.D. Bryant, uh, Lolly Adifope, um, Patty Harrison, uh, Beck Bennett, Daniel Stern. Oh, nice. Uh, John Cameron, uh, John Cameron Mitchell. Uh, yeah, hard name to say. Um, it's yeah, the story of a of a woman working in Seattle at a newspaper and her just kind of dealing with like being in her late twenties um, with relationships and family mm. and like her body image and it's just very funny mm. and really enjoyable. Um, one takeaway that I just have to shout out because I don't know if anyone even notices this character, but me. Uh, her dad has a friend who he calls his jazz friend Ron. <laughs> and he's always wearing like a Kangle hat and has Amazing. like a trumpet with him and he's just a weirdo and it's fantastic he steals <laughs> every scene he's in when he shows up he only shows up twice in the second season or something like that but it's like god you're so fantastic I like it and god I did not write down the actor's name but he plays like the fixer in Ozark uh, for this politician and oh, he's really? consistently like, this serious like hard-nosed actor but he's having so much fun here he says things like they're in a hospital, like her dad's in a hospital, and he says things like, man, this place is kind of crazy. You know, my dad was born in one of these. <laughs> and they just have to all stop and look at him like, yeah, dude, a lot of people are born in these. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, yeah, like something's like on fire, like smoke is coming from like, you know, the oven. He's like, yeah, get a nice crisp on it. Like, who are you? <laughs> you're, you're wonderful. I want, I want to He's show about you. He's the Creed Bratton of Shrill. He absolutely is. That is a perfect uh, explanation of his character. I like it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. The show does a good job of she, her intentions are usually always right, mm. but they do a good job of like kind of taking her on a journey to like get to the point to like stand up for herself. Yeah. And I really do appreciate that. Like mm. she'll like endure like, okay, this sucks, but I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. No, this actually sucks. I'm going to say something about it. And I really do appreciate them taking you on that journey with her. Totally. I feel like that's applies to so many people, particularly women, I think. So nice. It sounds, it seems almost when I watched it, it was painfully realistic. There are many moments of that Oof. from like many ends, like looking at like her boyfriend, you just think to yourself, like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, I hope I'm not that guy. Like, ah, oh, he seems horrible. But yeah. like, yeah. I, and she had to go through the pain of like being with this dude to realize you're not right for me at all. So yeah. Yeah. I liked it a bunch. What, what awesome. else did you watch? Um, I watched this movie called The Vault. The Vault. It has Freddie Highmore, Famke Jansen. Interesting. Liam Cunningham. Okay. And then someone you haven't heard of, Astrid Berger Frisbee, which is a very fun name. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Mm -hmm. It's a heist movie. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think they filmed it on location in Spain. Huh. Yeah. Um, and... Um, What's the premise? Freddie Highmore is like a little baby genius, kind of. He's like a really smart engineering student. Um, and he gets um, picked by Liam Cunningham's character who's like the lead of this team um, who wants to do this heist I think he's like a professional thief or whatever 
and Famke Jansen is in it for like three minutes total. And um, so they want to do this heist in Spain, um, which they want to steal from this bank that is like incredibly, like it's impossible to steal from. This sounds very uh, money heist. Yes. And um, uh, so Freddie Highmore joins the crew. And the way they're going to get away with it is because people aren't going to be paying attention because it's the World Cup and Spain Ooh, is in the final. I like the backdrop of this already. That mm-hmm. sounds very entertaining. So it's it's filmed in Spain, but it's not a Spanish cast. Is it a... Correct. Huh. Yep. That's That was my face <laughs> for most of it. Just being like, huh. Okay. And like, it looks like they... Like, they didn't skimp on money for it. It looks fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know who got this cast together. I don't. Just like who got this heist together. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's just a random little movie. It was fine. You know what? This sounds like the kind of movie that like, you know, in, from 2005 to 2010 would have definitely like been pushed and had like a summer release of like, check out this interesting cast and like this interesting locale. This this feels like, uh, God, that Mark Ruffalo movie where he plays a slick guy, not a nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he does in everything. This movie was made this, or at least it came out this year. Interesting. It was released at the end of March. And I think it was um, the game, the World War... World War. Nope. The World Cup game was in like 2010. So it's happening currently. It's filmed currently, but telling a story that happened like 10 years ago. Yeah, this story took place. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. It was fine. <laughs> the Brothers Bloom. That's what we were thinking of. That reminds me of this sort of. The Brothers Bloom. Um, heisty movie, like set in various points throughout the world. Uh, Adrian Brody, Mark Ruffalo. Um, I have never heard of this <laughs> It could be right up your alley. Handsome men doing heists. I'm. I never. I, Mark Ruffalo is cute, but mm-hmm. he doesn't do it for me. That's fair. Totally fair. Um, but no, this movie sounds pretty. One of the only men on the planet <laughs> who doesn't do it for me. Sadly. <laughs> um, what was <laughs> funny is he said Freddie Highmore. Mm-hmm. And I immediately had an image of Eddie Redmayne in my head because <laughs> they're the same person. <laughs> and I also get Freddie Highmore mixed up with the kid from Love Actually. Who was the kid in Love Actually? The kid with the big eyes. <laughs> um, who's in other stuff now? Give me a second, please. Not Tom. What's his face? Um... Um, Thomas Brody Sangster. I don't know who that is. I thought you were going to say Tom They're Holland. both skinny, white, oh, lanky. Joji. Jojin. Yes. Lanky <laughs> boys. And they are boys, even though he's 31. Like He's 31? Get the hell out Thomas of here. Thomas Brody, ooh, he's 31. My guy from uh, the Scorch Trials from the Mazer <laughs> series. Is 31 years old? He's only a couple years younger than us. Jesus Christ, I thought he was like 22. I know. Um, So I always get those two mixed up um, because they have a lot of syllables in their names and they're lanky white boys and I get white (laughs) man blindness. Yes. Um, They will forever be 22. 
Um, yeah, if you like a heist movie, uh, go for it. Okay. It was fine the enough. Vault. And the Vault. Which is, what is it available on? <laughs> the, you know, the streams? Yeah. <laughs> the it's flow? Somewhere. It's somewhere out there. Somewhere. Okay. Um, I am currently watching season four of The Handmaid's Tale. And I'm at the point where I'm like, why is this still on? <laughs> I was wondering that too. Um, it's just real plotting, and I just I they keep hitting things keep happening where it's like, how how are these characters still encountering each other? <laughs> like how are these how are these impossible things keep occurring? Like it's just it, it is stretching my uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. At this point. Like, okay, you escaped unscathed from, like, Boston to Chicago. You've escaped from your confinement so many times. Mm. Like, to the point where it's like, they're just stupid for, like, not, like, doing a better job. And, like, and you're not a genius. <laughs> like, you're not the best to ever do this. Like, you yeah. just keep getting extremely lucky. Mm. And it, it's And it's still, like, a grim world that is interesting to explore like this is a dystopia that scarily feels too close yeah that like this could potentially happen Mm. and what's and like wow i want to explore more of this terrifying world however through the eyes of the main character june um played by um god what 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 is why do i have her name here uh elizabeth moss it just feels like you are interesting Mm. but at the same time I can't believe you dodged a, a carpet bombing by like fighter jets, and <laughs> at the same time, like you know, yeah, yeah, it's got several people on a plane to Canada, but you didn't mm. go. Mm. But why? And you killed like several people. Like, wh- what are you? I just don't know anymore. I kind of, I only watched the first couple episodes of that show because it was so grim and stressful that I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it felt like it was plotting a little bit. So um, I almost feel like, because I agree, that world is interesting. It would have almost been better to maybe like focus on a completely different character and situation in that same world to see what else is going on out I there more for other view. people. Yeah. What about, um, I mean, I haven't watched that much of the show, so maybe they do get into this, but like, what about like... What about the men who were not in support of this? Like, what happens to them? Like, what about, you know, I don't know. It just, because it is, I agree, it did seem like a very interesting world and like quite a world Mm -hmm. that you could have done more with. And there's only so much you can do with that one character for so long. You are 100% correct. Um, That is like, those are my sentence. Yeah. Like, as soon as they introduce you to this world, you get thirsty for different points of view. Yeah. And because, and I totally get it, because of her position and because she's essentially a slave, like, in this world, you can only see, she only has but so much of a view. Yeah. But when you take her out of that and have her in, like, so many different places, it almost feels like, well, how is this even believable anymore? Mm. And when you do take her- the Forrest Gump of it all. She's very Forrest Gump in it. Mm. And when you take her to a place that is like, okay, this is an interesting place. We are now outside of, like, the nation of Gilead, but mm. we're still, like, in America. We're mm-hmm. in Chicago in a war zone, like, Ooh. we could spend the whole season here. Yeah. Like, this would be very interesting to see, like, how life is outside of the walls, oh, how people yeah. are struggling and living, and living. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, okay, That cool. could be a whole season. We spent two episodes. Oh, no. Like, we spent an episode and a half, and then she's out of there, whisked away to, like, Canada. 
That's too bad. And it just feels like, okay, now you are outside of Gilead entirely. You are in Canada. You are safe. You are with your husband. You are with your best friend and one of your children. Hmm. And it just feels like this almost feels like a place where you could stop. Yeah. Like, I understand she wants to get her kid back, but it is crazy, insane to me that all the main players of season one are still all the main players yeah, in this season. Yeah, I was surprised when you said that. And, like, they're all within, like, two miles of each other. Mm. Like, they're, they're having a trial now as far as the crimes committed against, you know, her by, like, her captors, essentially. And it's like, well, this is just, what is happening here? Mm. It, it is it is very frustrating. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Mm. But, again, I didn't read the source material. Um, maybe this is what happens in the books. I'm mm. not sure. Um, and maybe it's just paced differently because it's happening, you know, very quickly over various chapters as opposed to, like, over four years. Yeah. So... Who knows? Or they ran out of book and or now maybe. they're just freestyling <laughs> and it's not going as well. Could be. Not sure. But what else have you seen? Um, I, after many years, so many years, I finally watched No Country for Old Men. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's been on my list for ages and I knew that it was violent, so I couldn't probably watch it. So I just got that mute button ready. Yeah, you gotta have it ready for this one. I needed it ready immediately. Um, um, But I really enjoyed it. It was so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Javier Bardem is incredible. Josh Brolin. I enjoy me some Tommy Lee Jones in a film. TLJ is a nice little stamp on things. You know, I always like, at least in the recent, I mean, the only other thing I can think of him being in recently was... Lincoln. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he was born with a very rare disease. Uh, he was really? born old. Uh, he was born <laughs> uh, at the age of 65. Just a very odd thing, you know? <laughs> I thought you were serious. And I was like, oh no, it's Thomas. Is he okay? Mr. I, Lee Jones? I can't imagine him younger than that in my mind and all the things I've seen him in. He has always looked like... A tired English bulldog <laughs> from day one. It, and it, now it's just that he finally is at an age that matches how tired he is. Yes. And it's honestly perfect casting oh, God, for yeah. him in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, He's so put upon mm-hmm. all the time. Like, this world is changing. I can't keep oh. up with it. Like, you feel sad for him in yeah. a way. Um, Basically, the plot being uh, Josh Brolin finds some money from a drug deal gone bad, and so he steals it and goes on the run, Mm. and Javier Bardem um, goes after him. And I did like that, um, um, I think it was Tommy Lee Jones' character who was like, he's not a genius. Like, this bad guy who eludes us, like, it's not like he's this crazy ghost. Like, we can get him. Um but he's did Javier Bardem win an Oscar? I, he did for this role, yeah. He should have. Yeah, terrifying. Boy, oh boy, this yes. And it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I also got them mixed up often. <laughs> um, but um, like the the air pressure thing that yeah. he uses is so fucking what a unique terrifying. and terrifying thing oh my god i really want to read the book um but also steven root is in everything yeah he's very good he's such a chameleon and the first thing i ever saw him in 
was the movie Dodgeball, mm-hmm. where he plays such a weird little dork. It was one of his earlier, no, more notable live action roles. And so every time I see him, so that has been like my uh, my foundation with him. <laughs> so every time I see him in something that he's not a weirdo, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> Steven? Like you're a menacing and capable yes. person in this? He, like, I feel like he is underappreciated as an actor because mm-hmm. uh, what range? Quite ranged. Dodgeball to everything else. To like Barry, to like No Country for Old Men. So good. The King of the Hill. Like you're just all over the map. Oh, so did he? does he do a lot of voiceover stuff? Um, I don't think as much anymore, but at one time he did. Like King of the Hill is what I knew him from primarily. Who is he in King of the Hill? Uh, Bill, the very the saddest character on that show. Is he the one that barely speaks? No, oh. he like wears like a, a, a an undershirt the entire time. Like oh yeah, and like he's like overweight and just like sad and bald and just Aww. very difficult life for that yeah. character. But very well voice acted by Stephen Rude. Anyways, I was just so surprised. I'm always surprised when he pops up because he's subtle because he just kind of blends in as an average white guy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, Steven, my dodgeball friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, I don't know, it's like at least 10 years old at this point. But I was like, hey, <laughs> have you guys heard about this great film? It, that was a, what a summer for movies. It's fallen from, I mean, that came out like the same summer as like Superbad. And I think There Will Be Blood came yeah. out like a few weeks ago. And they were that. filmed in like this basically the same location, yeah. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it when you're watching the movie. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Those hills look familiar. Um, but I was captivated. It was so good. Well, yeah. I, I really love that movie. Um, I have a story about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the scene where Tom Lee Jones is, uh, of course, hunting um, Anton Chigurh, Javier Bardem's character? Mm-hmm. And he goes to the hotel room. Yes. And like, you know... You're kind of left as an audience member, like, is he actually fucking there? Or and then you see that he is. Yes. Yeah, um, and you're like, oh dear God. I checked into a hotel that uh, a night. Oh no. And turned on the TV, and this same scene was playing. It was after a harrowing experience where I had a tire blowout, and oh. I had to go to a hotel to like just stay off the road, basically. Oh, like I need to stay here until the morning. And that I'm scene talking came. to you now, and I'm stressed out about this. It was a terrifying one. Wondering if you were okay. Like, me and my mom were both there. We were both terrified. This oh, I'm, glad, I'm so glad wet. you were not alone. <laughs> like, oh, dear God. Okay. But the room was totally off. There was like rice underneath one of the, be- the beds, uncooked rice, and like $20 in like singles. Like, I don't know what's Did happening. Did someone here. get married? I don't know. But Did it's you like, take the money? Let's leave this money here. What? Let's just not look deeper into this. I would have sprayed it with some Lysol and put it in my pocket. Very weird vibes happening all over this room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check if you check into a room and that is playing on the television, it just makes you feel weird. That is, in a movie full of tense scenes, that was one of the most tense mm-hmm, scenes. For sure. Good God. Also, Woody Harrelson, I expected him to be in it for longer. And the fact that he's, spoiler alert for a decade old movie, the fact that he's not in it for longer is just like, I feel like speaks to the caliber of actors you have in this. That you can just have Woody Harrelson in it for like 20 minutes. And like, it doesn't matter. No. (laughs) No. Um, But yeah, I just, Javier Bardem is just so crazy talented. Man, Mm -hmm. oh man. Um, Speaking of characters you didn't think would be around long and things i watched uh the hunt um starring betty gilpin uh oh, hillary swank yeah. uh ike barinholtz ethan Suplee, emma roberts and uh glenn howerton 
um, based on the most dangerous game, the idea that these people are being hunted for sport. Um, they've been taken away from their normal lives and are being hunted by these rich elites. Um, all, all those names I read there, the people that you think are going to live, no. Mm. Like, Can you spoil this for me? Because I'm never going to watch it. Um, okay, spoilers coming up. Uh, if you don't want to hear the spoilers of The Hunt, which came out in 2020, uh, please skip ahead by about like four minutes. Um, so yeah, people are stolen from their, their homes and, br- mm-hmm. and brought to like this estate where they're being hunted. And it's set in modern times? It's set in modern times. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a mystery as to what's going on as to whether or not like, okay, are they in America? Are they not in America? Mm. It gives me real Canadian vibes just from the trailer. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's got a little bit of money in, in it. Like, you know, it's uh, produced, uh, written by uh, Damon Lindelof um, mm-hmm. and was well, not Carlton Cuse, but his brother, uh, Nick Cuse. Um, those guys made lust together. Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. <laughs> you were going to say, <laughs> made love. <laughs> they made love. And I was love. like, what? And they made lust. You can do both. <laughs> um, but regardless, um, these people are taken. And the names that you think, oh, Emma Roberts, she leads movies. The first person dead in this movie is Emma Roberts. Like She, does, she barely gets a line in it. I don't find her terribly compelling. <laughs> I don't know why I'm whispering it as if she was she in the room. And like, but with this, she won't hear. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I don't like the vibe she gives off <laughs> of like the spoiled rich girl. She rarely plays a nice person. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. In which case, maybe she's a great actress. Uh, Ike Barinholtz, who is wonderful in many things, mm-hmm. barely in this. I, for, I thought he'd be in this for so much longer as comic relief. Is not at all. Bummer. Um, Ethan Suplee, dead. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, Betty Gilpin is the star of this film, essentially. I mean, given her face on the poster. Face on the poster. And Hilary Swank is supposed to be like, you know, the secret reveal villain of this movie. Hilary Swank? Yeah. But she's like on all the advertising for this movie entirely. Oh, really? Absolutely, like oh, Wait, she is or she's not. She is. Oh, really? Yeah, and the whole movie they treat her like you know, they all shoot her from like behind the head, oh. and like you all hear her voice, but never see her face. Would have gotten me because I didn't. Oh, I didn't see her. Anyway. That's why we're spoiling it right now. Okay, so just give me top line bullets. Who? So Hillary Swank is the one who's behind the kidnapping. She's behind the kidnapping. She's like the head of this uh, group of like liberal elites oh. who've been stealing like you know these. Uh, people that post on reddit and forums mm-hmm. saying that like oh these liberal elites you know they take people and they kill them at like hunt them for sport at their farm mm-hmm. and they don't actually do that but they wanted to get these people and hunt them for sport because like now we're actually doing it it's a stupid roundabout so weird animal like, farm situation. yeah it 100 is animal farm okay animal farm is referenced 20 times throughout this oh, movie. oh no shit like from character names to like instances like they're 100 doing that so, yeah, it is like Human Animal Farm. It's the most dangerous game meets Animal Farm. That is the movie. That is such a thin plot. <laughs> it really is. But I what, thought there'd be more to it. I don't know why. The, the hook of the movie, though, is like the comic mischief mm. that is about in it as far as like, you know, the blinking you miss it murders mm. to like, you know, the crazy fight scenes that happen. A really good fight scene between Betty Gilpin and Hilary Smack. That's like the last... 10 minutes of the movie, which is like, this is really well done. This is oh, very entertaining cool. and very funny. Like, at several points, Hilary Swank is thrown through, like, panes of glass. And at one point, Betty Gilpin's going to throw through another, like, glass door. She's like, wait a minute. Just open this. Too much broken glass. <laughs> and they just continue the fight inside. Um, it's, it is a very funny fight oh, scene. Okay. Um, 
but overall, I think the movie's like pretty funny. I couldn't figure out what the vibe of it was if it was um so it's kind of like a horror comedy? It's a horror comedy. Okay. Um it's trying to get this political message of see guys, both extremes are bad. Both sides are bad, like No. no. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's not. Incorrect. <laughs> you know who the, who the bad sides are in this. Yeah. Like, that's a little tone deaf. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, ultimately, Betty Gilpin's character, like, they chose the person who had the wrong name. Like, her name are is... Are fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like, her name is, like, Millie A. Like, Jenkins. Mm. But, like, yeah, she's like, yeah, but I don't spell Millie with, like, an I or something like that. Like, with, like, a Y. It's like, oh, so you, I chose the wrong person who happens to be trained in, like, like a special forces trained woman uh-huh. <laughs> who's, like, skilled at hunting, tracking, fighting, <laughs> and shooting. And it's like, oh, you guys fucked up. That's cool. And she's bringing the pain to everyone here. That's a fun twist I don't mind. Yeah. Like, she's, like, the independent, undecided individual. Gotcha. But overall, fun movie. Um, weird message. Yeah. But otherwise fine. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I watched, <laughs> Zen and I watched, because uh, we're masochists, <laughs> um, The Wrath of Man. The Wrath of Man? I've not heard of this. What is that? What do you think it's about, Jason? Uh, the Wrath of Man sounds like some biblical shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know I love a Christian <laughs> film. <laughs> Um, it sounds like uh, we got we got swords and sandals. All right, we're talking not quite gladiator, but like you know gladiator Jason, more like you know kingdom of heaven, that kind of swords and sandals. All right, um, we are, are are talking about the atrocities committed in war, like you know medieval war, uh, on one group against the other. How close am I? Maybe ninety nine percent. I'll excuse one percent. That's fine. <laughs> Let me read you the cast. Mm-hmm. Scott Eastwood. Okay, I like that guy. Josh Hartnett. Damn, haven't seen that dude in a minute. Post Malone. What? <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan of okay. Bird Notice fame. <laughs> I know who Jeffrey Donovan is. I watch all of Bird Notice. <laughs> Eddie Marsan. Okay. Andy Garcia. All right. Are you ready for this cherry on top? Because this is going to give it away. Yep. Jason Statham. Your fellow Jason. This is Jason. So now movie. you know what this movie is. I do know. Yep. I remember. I remember. I remember. You go ahead. You tell me what happens in this movie. <laughs> Jason, I'm pretty sure you could already tell me what happens in this movie. Because it's the same script that Jason, Jason Statham has had for the last everybody in 20 the years. While wearing a suit. Maybe no tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he becomes a security guard for an armored trunk co- truck company. Mm hmm. Um, and it is quickly realized that like he's no ordinary man, despite his cardigan. <laughs> Don't let this cardigan fool me. I'm not an average man. He has multiple cardigans. <laughs> one is gray. I think one is blue. Uh, he's not wearing socks with his cool leather sh- slip-on shoes mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, he looks great. Um, and, uh, you know, he is going to get his revenge. <laughs> of course he is. What are they doing with him now? <laughs> what are you, what's he on a rampage for today? <laughs> they murdered his son. Average. Okay. <laughs> Just one son? Not like two kids? Just one. Okay. One grown son. Grown? He was over 18? 
Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Go on. If he, I mean, he was definitely, <laughs> I mean, he's probably 25 in real life, mm-hmm. but uh, his character is certainly supposed to be at least like a junior or senior in high school. Okay. If not in college or something. Surprising. I'm surprised about that old. I know. Especially when Jason has a baby or whatever at home. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting was not good. Josh Hartnett, uh, he's not a good actor. You know what? I uh, was having a conversation about this very, very, very recently, That's actually. That's weird. He's not good. <laughs> he's not good. And I rarely do I have a problem with the acting, mm-hmm. I think. Although if I were to go back and listen to these episodes, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. But rarely, I think, do I have issues with people's acting. But in this case, like, it was not good mm-hmm. like literally like post malone is better interesting he wasn't bad actually better now better now. he's not in it much but <laughs> he is dispassionate quickly if you can imagine um but like he's good um but yeah a lot of the acting but josh hartnett in particular was like bad <laughs> like it stood out as long. a bad mm-hmm. um i don't know why andy garcia was there <laughs> <laughs> it's for the gravitas obviously i you know? i feel like he just wandered onto set one day and they were like oh andy <laughs> you're wearing a suit you look nice let's uh give you a couple lines Here's some money in a grease yeah. paper bag yeah and then he just now walked away act. yeah um so it was exactly what you think it is mm-hmm <sighs> This was something that would absolutely have come to, to straight to video anyway. This is not something that we would have seen in theaters, I don't think. I mean, does it look does the does it look like it had a budget? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Not a huge one, but, but it decent. looked fine. Okay. Yeah. Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man. What was it? Uh, what streaming service was it on? You paid money to Jason Statham to watch this movie? And I don't think he ever even took his shirt off. <laughs> what a ripoff. But he did look good in those cardigans. Didn't, I was going to say, didn't take his shirt off, but put like just put another cardigan on over another cardigan. It was like one of those um, like professory looking sweaters. Mm-hmm. He looked good. <laughs> um, okay. I watched a documentary um, called WeWork, or the Making and Breaking of a $47 billion Unicorn. Mm. Um, basically, it tells the story of WeWork, how it came to be, and how yes. it came not to be. Well, it still exists, but, it's but still, yeah, it's still around. on a much more limited scale than what it was before. Um, they talk about uh, the founder. It focuses very, very heavily on one of the founders, um, Adam Newman. Mm-hmm. Um they focus way more on him because, I, and I don't know why, they don't focus on his other co-founder. Oh. But it's interesting to consider that they both grew up on communes in different parts of the world. What? Yeah. Like, Adam Newman uh, grew up in something called a kibbutz, which is like a communal like living situation in uh, Israel. Okay. And his partner, who they don't really mention that much, and maybe I should have done the research to like, look that name up, I'm sorry, um, grew up in a commune in the Pacific Northwest interesting um through Very happenstance like they came to like know each other in new york and like decided like hey i like working around a lot of people so do i i miss it me too wait a minute what if we we work mm-hmm. so they formed this idea of like you know 
communal workspaces, which essentially, you know, and ultimately they showed that WeWork was not a big pot of smoke, but it presented itself as something that it ultimately wasn't. Mm. Like every, like, you know, market analyst, every like, you know. There are a lot of boners popping for WeWork. They were. And like every, but every financial analyst like looked at it like anyone that was serious and not trying to just like capitalize on this bubble was like, this is just subdividing real estate. Yep. Like you buy an office space and then you, you're renting desks. Yeah. Like that's what this is. And it like, it was a heavily overvalued company at $47 billion. Mm-hmm. And like looking at it, it's like, this is really like the lamest business plan ever. It's yeah. just renting desk space. But um, they're showing that, you know, the reason why it fell apart was because. You don't have to get too into it. Okay. And I'm not going to get too into it, but just basically like it fell apart because. I might the... watch it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about like an hour and a half. Okay. Not too bad. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah. And I forgot how long WeWork's been around for. I feel like it's only, it's less than five years. No, it's been around since like 2012. What? Yeah. Like it got big in the last five years. Weird. Yeah. Okay. It felt like a period where there was like, where they were always hiring. <laughs> yeah. There were offices popping up all over. And not so much anymore, especially mm. with the pandemic. Hmm. Like they crashed. You'll see. <laughs> um, uh, was it the documentary documentary itself done well? Uh, the documentary itself was done well. Um, I think uh, they they're able to like poke humor at appropriate points. Mm. Um, it it does it doesn't feel totally wrong when they like throw in bits of like you know humor there. Nice. It's all told from very first hand experiences of people that used to work there. Cool. Um, so it doesn't feel like you know they're just like a talking head over something. Mm. But it does feel like, you know, very firsthand. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I will look into this. Um, I, uh, real quick, I finished Mayor of Easttown. Okay. How did you feel overall about it? I've not finished it. I'm two episodes in. I'd like to finish it. It was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, I still haven't read what people thought of the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I will reserve that for hopefully next time we talk. You'll have seen the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started um, the Mosquito Coast because it turns Coast. out I've had an Apple TV Plus subscription this whole time and I just didn't realize it because <laughs> okay. I'm an idiot. What is the Mosquito Coast about? Um, it has it's Justin Theroux's show. Oh, I didn't know you had another show. It was actually a book that was written by his uncle. So it's about. Um, a family, a husband, wife, and their two children, uh, one of whom is like 15, the other is maybe like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. a boy. Um, and the father, they're, he's very um, paranoid, um, and he's very intelligent um, and kind of living off the grid with mm-hmm. his family, and I think they're in California. Um, and then all of a sudden the government's after them and they got to get the hell out of there. And he knew that they were going to be coming after him. So he and the family had to pick up and leave. Huh. Um, and it's, everyone in it, it's great. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it just because it's like, um, in the way that Breaking Bad, they would get themselves into tight spots and mm-hmm. then just have to kind of write their way out of them. It feels like this is just one, it's one problem, understandably, after another, but it's so 
maybe it's just for me it's so tense that like that's tough to be like okay in this episode we got through this hurdle mm-hmm. now we're getting through this next one and you know there's going to be another one it's kind of exhausting um they don't really i think i've watched four episodes how um, many episodes in the season i'm not sure because they're coming out weekly. weekly okay um so i'm not sure how many i'm guessing it's going to be eight to ten okay um because I think there's at least like six or seven already out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good, but it's tiring. Um, and so I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. It looks great. It looks beautiful. Um, Justin looks great and beautiful. I mean, that... Good God, he's handsome. Boy with the dragon tattoo? Is that what's on his back? Big old dragon tattoo? Oh, is there? There's a giant back piece he has going on there. Oh. It's no Ben Affleck Phoenix. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's something. Oh, Justin. <laughs> it's okay. I can look by it. Because the front of you looks so good. Um, yeah, I'll have to see if I was very desperate because I was uh, traveling and stuff. So I just needed something to watch. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if I'll keep up with it because it's so fucking stressful it sounds like bre- not breaking bad well a little, a little, a little bit of breaking bit. bad a little, bit, a little yeah. bit of the fugitive a little bit mm. of uh captain fantastic and just living off the grid and having I mean, to grab his kid yeah like um he's incredibly clever i don't know it's a little bit macgyvery what he's able mm-hmm. i part of me wonders if it's like one he's able to get out of handcuffs by cutting up freaking coke can and i'm just like i don't know if this is something that you can actually do or mm-hmm. not um so it feels I've, like in this day and age you have to like be like a little authentic in that i would think so um so i'd like to know how much of it is actually true mm-hmm. um all the performances though are great because um, there are other characters coming in here there um yeah okay uh, mosquito coast right the mosquito coast on apple tv yep all right um, the last thing that I have, uh, in my big return to movie theaters, mm. um, yeah, I went to a Cinemark theater for the first time. I had not been to one of those. Nice experience um, in one of their DX uh, screens. Oh, what's that? It's just a big ass screen, like wall to wall screen. Okay. With like really good sound. I saw A Quiet Place Part Two. I'm going tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow's Friday, right? Tomorrow is Friday. Yeah. Yep. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going tomorrow. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, to not, I don't know how much you want to say. Yeah, I because I'm spoil, sure I'll make you discuss it next time. I won't spoil anything. Uh, I greatly enjoyed it. Oh, nice! It was a, it was a nice continuation of the story. Um, yeah the the opening of this film super strong. I that is what I've heard. Very very strong opening. Uh, the editing and direction like Krasinski what you been doing in this, in this Jack, pre, Jack Ryan get the fuck out of here Jack Ryan did this Jim <laughs> the sal- Jim the salesman did this Psh, yeah right it's really impressive <laughs> so glad he got away from Dunder <laughs> you know you really have to spread don't hide that under a you bushel know, basket almost didn't want him to go and do this <laughs> Jesus Christ um no like it was just like oh wow you really have like an eye for this mm. and the editing as well was just like fantastic mm. so far as like being able to like intersperse from like one character to another in the exact same position but like we're continuing it this is very well done are there bone crackies um no oh thank god i mean not not in the way that you normally experience bone crackies like people get 
thrown. Oh. But I wouldn't say like you see the cracking or hear the cracking in your bones. Okay. Okay. Um yeah. They um yeah, I, I yeah, the first opening of this movie, the first like fifteen minutes, my god. I'm so um, excited. I'm so excited. It's a very pretty movie. I forget this happens in like Westchester County. Oh really? <laughs> like Westchester County, New York. Like I was like, yeah, this has to happen like somewhere in the Midwest. Like, no, it's like Yeah, it has well because they end up in um um in the first one they go into a big like grain silo thing you would think like yeah this is far away like not that far you it's, the, it's on the metro north line <laughs> like because they stop at a metro north station <laughs> in it. um yeah it's uh without spoiling anything performances were fantastic across the board emily blunt man what a what a talented lady i disagreed with some sentiments of her character oh okay in this um it's a little funny because the kids grew up a little bit yeah but they have to like they do they do a, a flashback oh that's right and it's like they're older than what they were in the first movie but whatever i'm just spending disbelief yeah. it's fine it's okay um Mil- uh, millicent simmons uh great fantastic yeah, yeah we just gonna spend a, a good amount of time with her um, she also has such a like cherubic little face. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. You just want to protect that face. Yeah. Um, the addition of new characters and actresses. Yes, I'm very excited for this. Uh, very enjoyable. Do you know? Do you know who uh, has been added? Uh, Jaiman Hansu and Killian Murphy. There you go. That's 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 what the people I'm going to mention. Two more men I enjoy looking at, <laughs> Jason. I am very excited for this like, movie. It should follow through. You don't hire uh, Killian Murphy to be a normal, well-adjusted no. dude. No, <laughs> he's never going to be the romantic lead in a film. He's going to be a stone cold weirdo. I saw him as romantic lead one time in like a romantic comedy. Uh, called uh, filming the detectives or watching did, the detectives. Did he look uncomfortable the entire time? It's like you're not just a dude. You're gonna do something weird, aren't you? You do something weird with like <laughs> with with sex, aren't you? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. It's him and Lucy Lou having a great time, <laughs> being weirdos together. What an interesting couple. It they look really great together on screen. Aww. I mean, they're both very pretty. She had like a great curl going on. It looked fine. <laughs> they they were fine together. Was it from ages ago? Um, not that long ago. It was like what. 20, 2007, 2008. Like, okay, that a good amount sense. of time ago. But I was just very surprised. Like, I didn't know this little indie, fun, romantic comedy film came out. They're both really good in it. Adorable. Um, but that aside, um, there's some great sweater action happening in this movie. Ooh, sweater right. weather. You want to see a ribbed turtleneck? You got it. You want, you want to see the Land's End catalog on display? <laughs> you go to see A Quiet Place Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you want to get some nice new England uh late summer early fall vibes oh god that's everything to you me. go see a quiet place part two <laughs> um but overall a, a fun movie to watch it was a mm. good movie to come back to theaters for yeah it's great um in my theater experience there were maybe 12 people there maximum oh wow okay not many people at all um everything was well spaced apart thrillers are so good in theaters because you can just Feel everyone's butthole tight. <laughs> You're like, oh god! And it was a good audience. Like nice. the, when I saw a Quiet Place Part One, there were also a similar amount of people in the theaters. Hmm. But it's not the movie takes to you take someone to make out with act. Oh, ugh, no! Like you know, you're not you're not Frenching your best girl. <laughs> During a quiet place, you psycho. Especially because if you're saying French and your best girl, you're in 1945, and that would just be weird. Did you travel forward in time? 
So yeah, like I, I this is something I was happy to go to theaters to see. Go see a movie at your own discretion out there. All right, if you feel comfortable, this is something worth checking out. Nice. Um, I have two more things. Mm-hmm. One, I feel like we've probably talked about on here. I don't know why I rewatched this because I've seen it before. Oh no, I know why I rewatched it because I have a terrible memory. I was like, have I seen this movie before? <laughs> Very and curious. I have. Um, the Pelican Brief. Oh, <laughs> Julia Roberts looks so pretty, mm-hmm. and God, Denzel looks so good. He's Pete Denzel. He's so confident, and I really like that. Is this the movie where he said that um, he didn't want to do a like a romantic? Yes, thing? this is the one. For unfortunate reasons of he didn't... It was because he said he didn't think audiences would like him being with a white girl or something? He knew his fan base. Like, he knew mm-hmm. his fan base was like, you know, like, hey, like, black women love to see me in things. Gotcha. Like, I don't know how they're going to accept me, like, kissing a white woman on screen. Fair. As such, I don't think I wanted to have that be a storyline that we go down. And quite frankly... It works better for it, I think. It 100%... A, she's a lot younger. Um, and... It would have made, I was, I had, so I had that in the back of my mind while I was watching it mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that would have been really bad for this movie actually. Cause she starts off with an older guy and so, and like, it's, which is fine, but I think you kind of want him as more of a father figure to her in this mm-hmm. to protect her. Um, and so if he had, if there was like a romantic entanglement um, I would have maybe not trusted him as much. That's Whereas fair. when he's like being a gentleman and is like sleeping on the couch and is very like just a normal nice person, um, it makes you trust him that much more because he's not trying to get with this super hot lady. And also in the haste and like fervor of them like escaping things and figuring things out, there's no time for, there's no time for <laughs> quote Frenching your best girl. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> handshakes and you know, at, at the end, it's That's just like, yeah, it was just a kiss on the cheek and a, a true, sincere hug of like, we went through we something together. It. Yes, couldn't have done it without each other. Like, sincere trust, like, you know, so good. And this is a movie that doesn't exist that much, like, the legal no. thriller. Like the love a legal like the John Grisham novel turned into a movie doesn't happen that much anymore. The other one, um, shoot, that he I think it was a John Grisham novel with Brad Renfro, hmm. um, and Susan Sarandon. I don't know that one. Oh, it's so good. I feel like we every <laughs> I feel like in the nineties, early two thousands, every child like saw one of those like I like this a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> Like, for me, mine was The Rainmaker with Matt Damon and Dane DeVito. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever saw the whole movie. I like The Rainmaker a bunch. I was like, he's going to fucking give it to this corporation. <laughs> like, the little guy is going to win. I was like 12. I'm like, fuck yeah. It's going to be good. That was me and the client. <laughs> Every kid had one. I think I saw the client when I was like. 13 <laughs> and it's uh brad renfro and susan sarandon and our guy tom lee jones tlj uh he was also 65 in yep. this film mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and brad renfro i recommend it actually it's a great movie um he and his little brother witness like a mob 
uh, murder. Mm -hmm. And so then people are after him. Um, And Susan Sarandon is a lawyer. um, And it's just so, it was so good. And little kid me was like, this is a great law (laughs) thriller. (laughs) And I've seen it multiple times. (laughs) Because it was also on television, most likely TNT. Because they know drama. I, I just remember like going to a blockbuster from the used like video section, like oh snap the rainmaker mom can we get the rainmaker? Why? <laughs> <laughs> like don't ask what just want watch rainmaker. <laughs> because justice, ma. <laughs> justice that's why. And protect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do enjoy those movies, and I wish they would make them more. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I watched. Uh, randomly, which has also been on my list for like a decade, um, was Edward Scissorhands. Oh, did you have you never seen it before? Mm-mm. Interesting. I'm not. I seen think it I was scared time. of it when I was a little kid. Oh, totally fair. <laughs> There's something about the look of that movie and him with it that just feels like I don't. This is making me uncomfortable. It's the funny thing is, like the opening credits are awesome, and uh. It's that juxtaposition between this terrifying, like, castle mansion thing on the hill that's mm-hmm. all dark, and then the suburbs, which are all, every house, it kind of looks like Florida. Every house is a bright, like yeah, is a bright color. They're all, like, essentially the same, but they're all, like, pink, green, yellow, blue, These and everyone has a, a car that... Uh, matches the house, almost. Yeah, like... The, no car is the same color as a house, but they're all like um, complementary. Like mm. if you have a freaking pink house, you'll have a green car. Mm. So it's th- it's the darkness and the light. But um, I discovered among my other loves, example, water mm-hmm. in film. Um, I love a miniature. Okay. When I get old, Jason, if I can afford it. Oh boy, am I gonna have a basement with a big old miniature of a town? You're absolutely gonna be Alec Baldwin Beetlejuice. <laughs> One thousand percent. One a thousand percent, Jason. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, and Tim Burton uses them. I've noticed in his films, and I enjoy it very much. It's really impressive. I, I like the use of yeah. the miniature. It's like this is like a thing that you can film on and it will serve as like you know a prop for when you're not filming yeah. on it um and there's just so much color and texture in his earlier movies that i really like um and uh and it's also such a weird original idea it is like this if this if you even if you don't like the movie you have to admit like this is an original ass idea it totally is <laughs> um Winona Ryder is phenomenal. Um, Johnny Depp is great in it with all like 12 of his lines. (laughs) But I forget how good of an actor he is. Because he is miming pretty much the entire film. Yes. And he's 100% likable and sweet. And that with a person who's with a Josh Hartnett, you'd be like... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but he makes him so lovable. Um, and uh, I like that there was a waterbed. 
That was I. That is a vivid memory you just rekindled in my right? head from a childhood. Yes, I are my godparents. Their son, one of their sons, had a waterbed, and you can imagine how intrigued I was by this as a child. But even little kid me was like, "That's not practical." You know what? Now that I think about it, Johnny Depp has a lot of history with waterbeds in his early career. <laughs> he is quite famously killed in a waterbed in uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, like the first oh, one. Really? Like is he is pulled into the depths and then exploded out oh. in like a blood fountain gross <laughs> um there's a lot of hair because it's 1990 there's a lot of hair but it's like set in the 90 it looks like it's the 1960s yes okay it gives off real like almost like 50s 60s mm-hmm. suburban boring vibes but it is at the time the modern day yes okay um it was made in 1990 Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So this is his follow-up right after Batman is uh, oh, okay. this. Um, and it's actually, like, incredibly sad. It's an incredibly sad movie, despite all the colors and stuff. Like, it's heartbreaking. It is. It's a, it's a sad little fairy tale. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's almost a commentary. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but... Um, the way they at first treat him, um, almost it almost feels like homophobia. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, they treat him terribly and they use him. Um, and then as soon as something comes up, they cast him out. Um, I wonder, yeah, because like, I wonder if it's like a commentary on like homophobia and like AIDS and stuff but just because there's blood and people freak out and then they kind of cast him out and are terrible to him who knows I mean potentially I mean he is this outsider that's brought in and beloved by all the women of the community but like the men seem to be utterly afraid of him or like don't understand him honestly the men are actually okay with him okay there's just one guy um whenever there's a shitty boyfriend in a movie yeah I always just call them Biff (laughs) <laughs> uh this is my blanket term for shitty boyfriends in movies he's a real biff um yeah he's shitty um which is such a turn for him because it's the first time he ever played a role like that and he's great at being a dick <laughs> let me tell you oh he is so unlikable he's always like the nerd and yeah. like it's just like oh you're like the angry buff hateable jock dude. yeah yeah um the dads are actually generally okay with him mm-hmm. um but uh yeah it's it's a heartbreaking movie because he's because he has to retreat back to spoiler alert for a 800 year old movie um he has to go back up to his house all alone for like 50 years mm. and it just made me so sad <laughs> i forget like how and that movie me, ends and goes really um he biff because i don't know what his name is uh gets drunk is because I always want to call her Lydia. Whatever, we'll go with it. Lydia is like, <laughs> no, boo, you're bad. Mm-hmm. And he gets drunk and um, uh, almost hits the little boy that uh, Edward saves. But in saving him, he like cut him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the town is already against him. And so they freak out on him and he runs away. Um, and then Biff comes in and he, in trying to protect... Lydia, uh, he kills Biff, and then the town comes up, um, 
like an angry mob. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lydia just lies and says that he's dead. And so he just kind of has to stay up there. But she's telling the story as an old lady. So like it's been at least 50 years that he's been up there by himself. <laughs> and my heart broke, Jason. <laughs> 2030 here comes ever suits her hands too um no like i i remember really enjoying that movie as a kid yeah i find it very funny though that like after making batman in 1989 like the biggest movie of that year like what do you want to make next tim i want to make a movie about a sad boy with scissors for hands okay tim uh, that's I what want you want to do. be goth and wear a lot of leather for no explainable reason. His hair to be like my hair. <laughs> 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 well, he made us like like five hundred million dollars. Just let him do it. Let him do it. If he does this, we get him for the next Batman one, right? Yes. All right. Fine. <laughs> do whatever you want, Tim. We don't care. <laughs> Oh, you want to make miniatures in your basement? I want. I think I want to film the whole thing. Whatever he talks low, just let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also reminded me that because there's all these topiaries around the yard and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and there was a house by where my parents used to live that was a big creepy old house that had all these like a fence and shrubbery around it. But if you looked through had a ton and like clearly they were trying to hide things Mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of topiaries and statues like big ones in their yard jesus edward scissorhand style (laughs) like i need to go back there and take pictures so people believe me are you sure tim burton didn't live there he might have did he ever live in berlin connecticut because on this weird on this weird little side street oh my god jesus (laughs) it's just a weird little side street off the turnpike in this house that you wouldn't even think of anything because there's all the shrubs around but old nosy smith was like <laughs> what are you trying to hide and as i drive by i drive real slow like a creep and peek through <laughs> and there's like all these elephants there's a giraffe topiary Jesus. like yeah it's weird <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if it had some weird tertiary connection to uh, Edward Scissorhands, which I think is perhaps the most topiaries ever been featured in a film as a subject matter. What a record to break. <laughs> it had more than two, so it won. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was it. I, uh, <laughs> but I finally saw it, which I was happy about, and it was great. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I would like to check it out again. What'd you watch it on? I rented it. That's not, no shame in that. All right. Maybe uh, Wrath of Man <laughs> to take a look inside. Listen, you didn't see him in the cardigan, okay? In multiple cardigans. It's great. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, that's uh, all I've got. That's all you've got. That's all you've got for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, please follow us or, you know, like what you want to like on uh, Instagram. That's ONR Podcast. Uh, yeah, follow us on uh, Spotify or, or subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, or listen to us on Stitcher. We are on various platforms on all the platforms. Uh, so thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.